This podcast contains strong language. Listeners, be advised. Well, you like friends and you like food. So how about friends with food? With Zoe and Heather. Hello. Welcome to Friends with Food, the season wrap-up. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, bitches. <laughs> we did it. Never said um, yeehaw before. I loved it. It felt natural. I wanted to like do jazz hands, but that doesn't come across on a podcast. So listeners, imagine both of us doing jazz hands this entire time for, for the entirety of this episode. You're welcome. <laughs> so Heather, we made it through season one. Wow. We did it. It's incredible. We, this was something you said you wanted to do a whole yeah. season of the show friends. That's right. And we did it. We did it. We have done 24 episodes of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it would be nice for us to come on and just kind of uh, unpack the experience a little Mm -hmm. bit. It's what my theater teacher in high school used to call a post-mortem, which we would do after every show and just kind of talk about it and just reflect and and talk about how we've grown and changed and what we've learned and the friends we made along the way and, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I'm just going to take a moment. I hope this doesn't come across poorly. Listeners, we adore you, obviously. I hope that's obvious by now. It was more work than I thought. I mean, I mm. knew it was going to be a lot of work, Mm -hmm. So maybe it wasn't more work than I thought, but, but it was just a lot of work. (laughs) That's all. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, like any art form it's, there's a lot of work and not a ton that you get out of it. You know, you're like, Oh, I'm doing this for me. Right. And that's great until you're exhausted and you're like why did I decide to do this to myself again but it was great to have this I mean like you like we had said we'd committed to this this whole season of friends yeah we knew it was going to be 24 episodes right and I think that was a great practice in endurance and totally sticking to the plan and just doing it and even though you're kind of like I don't know. I'm someone that when things get hard, I can, I can give up and, or just be like, ah, this isn't a priority anymore and kind of move on and let it sort of like, I kind of ghost certain things in my life. And I think, uh, I think we couldn't do that with this. And that was great. It was like a really important thing. Totally. I mean, the night, you know, it had a lot of, uh, it had a lot of aspects that helped us to get through, which was accountability because we mm-hmm. did it together, you know, mm-hmm. and just having a schedule and, and things like that. And those are really helpful. And I also think having a finite, even though it was a long number of episodes, honestly, 24 <laughs> is a good amount in my experience. Um, we did have a, a finite end date. So it wasn't just yeah. like, well, we're doing this for the rest of our lives. Cause that feels different than having an end date, (laughs) you know, um, and not saying that we won't continue on in some shape or form, or maybe we can talk about that a little bit later, but, but yeah, I think that was a a nice, um, a nice way to do it. And also for me, it really, I'm glad it was a little bit of a higher number. Like I can just Mm -hmm. imagine if we decided to do like 10 episodes or something like that, I don't think I would have learned as much or, you know, I don't think we would have improved as much and, and things like that as kind of, pushing through some of those episodes where maybe 
it was feeling a little bit more hard. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to like make it sound like this has been such a horrible experience. It's been a really great experience, but um, kind of like you touched on Heather with almost with every art form really that I've ever learned, there's so much more that goes into it mm-hmm. than what, um, you know, sort of the audience member receives from it. Right. 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 And that's just kind of the nature of creative work and how these things go. So, um, so yeah. So I think it was, uh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like you said, it was really nice to have this goal, this sort of end goal, and it feels really fulfilling to have accomplished it. Totally. And, and I don't even feel like we dragged ourselves across the finish line. Like I feel like totally. we finished really strong yeah, and so feel excited and people tell us that they're enjoying <laughs> what they're listening totally. to. So that's also great. Yeah. And I mean, even just in the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of conversations with people that were just discovering the podcast, which is interesting okay. too. you know, people acquaintances that were like, wait, your podcast about what? Oh my gosh, that actually sounds so cool. I'm going to listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, which is cool too. And we've kind of talked about this privately, like off the pod. Um, when you're an artist of any kind, you know, you make your work and then it's out there. And it, mm-hmm. that, just because you're done making it doesn't mean that people stop experiencing yeah. it or even like discovering it for the first time and, and things like that, especially with something like a podcast that just is going to live on the internet. So yeah. Um, so that's cool too, because people can continue to engage with it beyond the time that we were making it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 I, I hope future listeners yeah. are enjoying it as much as our present listeners are. Exactly. Totally. And so it's, it's fun to be having those conversations with people that are just, just now discovering it too, as well as of course, our loyal listenership who we very much love and adore and appreciate. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, I thought we would kind of go through a semi-familiar structure and kind mm-hmm. of reflect on the different elements of the episode in sort of a similar order to what we normally do. Although, of yeah. course, we can deviate from that. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Anything we want. That's the deal. Um, but... I thought it might be fun to start with talking about the 90s mm-hmm. and what I normally kind of reflecting on our experience of what I have at times called the cultural conversation con wait cultural context convo is that hey, it yeah sure I think I've called it that if not I'm gonna start today <laughs> rolls off the tongue clearly um one interesting thing to me when I was kind of when we were first sort of brainstorming how the pro- uh, podcast would go and sure. talking about this section I don't think I realized how big a part of the episode this part was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I remember talking to a guest or two about, about it as well. Right. We, you know, we have had guests on that, you know, we share kind of the rundown of the episode, what to, what to prepare for as far as watching the television episode and making the food, but also preparing for the cultural conversation. And I don't remember which guest it was, but they were like, Oh, I need to prepare for this because it's like 45 minutes of the episode. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, it's, be- oh, wait, it's it become that. Is. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. But I think, you know, for us, it's a lot of nostalgia as we were young totally. teenagers, whatever. Yeah. And our, the age range of our guests are yeah all over Why? the place. And so they, That's yeah, been really so, fun. Yeah, exactly. It's been really fun hearing people who are like, I wasn't born yet. Right. All the way to being like, I was 
out of college. college. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Like I was, had gotten married and divorced that year or whatever the case was, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been really interesting. And I remember, you know, the first couple episodes, we were really, of course, still trying to find our rhythm and kind mm-hmm. of figuring out editing and length and, and all these things. And we were over here thinking like, oh my gosh, our podcast is so long, which now we're just like, yeah, our yeah, podcast is long. What are you going <laughs> to fucking do about it? Hang up. Okay, great. Do it. Anyway, bye. <laughs> bye. Uh, <laughs> but we kind of gave up on trying to keep it concise um, because we just realize that that's just not who we are at this time. <laughs> um, but I remember the first couple episodes kind of having that conversation or just those back and forth of like, wow, this first part is like kind of long. Like it's longer yeah. than I was expecting. I was expecting, I think I'm in my mind, I was thinking it would be like 10 minutes, you know what I mean? And it right. really led to all these, like ended up leading to a lot of I think hopefully listeners agree, you know, really interesting conversations about what life was like then and sure and our different experiences and our guests' experiences at that time. And yeah, I mean, again, I think it's been really fun to just kind of touch base with people of that were all different ages during that time and yeah, kind of get different points of view um from what people remember or don't remember. So that's been really fun. Yeah, it definitely I think it was it, it was interesting at first. Uh, you know, so much of the conversation was around thinking about the news, mm. the Clinton scandal, and all of that. And we got t- I think we got tired of that really fast. <laughs> and yeah, I just totally. started, I just started looking for like anything else, totally any other news. And then I, to let you in, Zoe, on yeah. my sort of uh, mindset was I'd always pick two two articles. Mm-hmm. And just based, because you would always go first, based on whatever you would say, I know I would try and switch it up. Counterbalance it. That's really interesting. Look at you. I know. Crafty. And I will say that, um, I don't remember some dark ones in there. So no wonder you had so many (laughs) ones. I would try and have a mix. There was, I mean, there was definitely times like Columbine where I was like, well, there's nothing else we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. And that's not really appropriate to like lighten the mood after that. (laughs) Right. Um, and yeah, I think honestly, when thinking about the news, the, the, the three things that come up for me news related, yeah, obviously Clinton. Yeah. Obviously Columbine. Totally. And then my favorite news story is the hand transplants, the hand transplants. And honestly, I was so excited so I found the hand transplants yeah. was so pleased by just how that conversation itself. And then was just overjoyed to find a follow-up conversation, follow up a news article, uh, just a mere few weeks later. Amazing. Absolutely a joy. So fantastic. And I'll be totally honest. So I, Heather edits the, um, the episodes and then I listen to them after she's edited them and before they air. And I'm not saying it didn't happen before that, but listening to that episode is the first time I remember laughing out loud when I was listening <laughs> to the episode, which feels in a way ridiculous because I was in the original conversation. So you were like, there, I was there having the conversation. So it feels kind of silly to be like, I just made myself laugh so much, but just the whole conversation was so wacky and silly and just like wild that was definitely a high point for me for sure absolutely and so let's see can we um what episode was that do you happen to remember I don't 
have the well, list pulled I up. I think we named it hand transplants. The one with hand transplants and pizza scones, which was, was episode 12? 12. Nice. So yeah, I mean, if you haven't listened to episode 12, definitely make sure you do that. And then the one where it came back was that was with Neil and Claire. So that was episode 20 when it came back. So Mm -hmm. episode 12 and 20 have a shared history of hand transplant news (laughs) conversations, um, which was just so fun and delightful. If you've ever wanted to know peripheral information about hand transplants and a bunch of like really not educated people, (laughs) a bunch of theater people talking about (laughs) science. It's quite, it's quite the entertainment. I feel like the reaction to the hand transplant, just the conversation around it was just really, really fun and funny. We're listening back to it. So that was definitely a good one. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of things that I will just quickly mention. I think that I didn't realize how long song, I kind of mentioned this already in the podcast, I think, but I don't think I realized how long songs stay at number one on the charts. And even some of the movies were up there. Mm. I don't know. In my mind, I was just thinking it would be like a different song every week. And we had a few different songs that were really stuck around for a while, including the last one, which was Live in the Vida Loca, I think it was like four, at least four episodes or more. To be fair, two of those were obviously on the same day, but right. still, it was around for a while. Um, same with we had a long run of The Matrix. Uh, we had a several week run, or maybe it was just, yeah, I think we had a several. Did we have a multi week run of Star Wars, or was that just the final? Star Wars was right at the end, although it, it we talked about it a lot. We talked about it before it, it came, it mm-hmm. happened too, because I remember we talked about it with Layla also. But, anyways. Yeah. Definitely The Matrix, definitely Live in La Vida Loca, definitely, um, of course, Monica. In fact, mm-hmm. Monica was on the charts multiple times with a multi-week song. So right, right. he had um, The First Night and then, of course, Angel of Mine, which yeah. both of them obviously slap, but especially Angel of Mine. So yeah, that was just something that I didn't really think about when I was like, let's talk about the movie and the song of the week. Totally. <laughs> I mean, not that it was like bad to talk about the same one. That was kind of interesting too, and get different uh, guests take on it, but mm-hmm. that's something I wasn't expecting. Well, it is interesting. If, I think if we just want to think about just kind of rounding out 99, because we're, we're ending right friends. This episode ended was May, know, 1999, May, 1999, like May 20th, I think something like that. Mm-hmm. So just some upcoming songs for the rest of 99, just to think, to continue to be thinking about. Right. So Jennifer Lopez, If You Had My Love, Mm -hmm. Wild Wild West, Will Smith. Okay. I think that movie came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Genie in a Bottle was there for over a month. Nice. And then, so then there's, okay. Uh, There's another Enrique Enrique Iglesias song, um, Mm -hmm. Bailamos. Okay. I'm sure I'm not saying that right. It's another TLC we song. That Latin crossover thing at that time. Not that yeah. it's ever gone out of style, obviously, but no, on. but he's just leaning into it. And then yeah. uh, a TLC song, Unpretty, Mariah uh-huh. Carey, Heartbreaker, and then Smooth from Santana featuring Rob Thomas, which I don't think I realized hmm. that that crossover happened, but that basically went from October through the end of the year. I feel like I would definitely recognize it if I heard it. But I, I know the song, but I didn't up. realize Rob Thomas was a part of it. Which yeah, that's interesting. It's just funny to me. All right. 
Well, there you go. It paints a picture. It really does take you back there, especially for someone that was the preteen like us. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then in the movie, in the movie realm, just some, I mean, I mean, Star bangers. Wars is like the whole summer, right? Well, Star Wars, it's goes until midsummer and then it goes we've got tarzan big daddy okay wild oh, wild big west daddy, wild wild west sure american pie the first american pie came wow. out in 99 that summer no That's one wild. ever had sex with a pie before that <laughs> well not, not on <laughs> television at least um eyes wide shut the haunting Ooh. runaway bride and then the sixth sense mm-hmm and we've had people bring up The Sixth Sense mm-hmm. on the podcast because it was so big. It's such yeah. a big movie and it did come out Such that a big movie. And I saw that in theaters. It was a movie we rented and I remember watching it and not realizing, like, and I was in 99. So I was, whenever it came out on VHS, Yeah, it's probably the next year. So I was like 11, 12, whatever. Right. And I remember... I like have such a visceral memory of laying on our brown carpets watching this movie and like the kid turns around and he's got like most of his brain is gone and I was like no thank you bye and I just like oh you just noped out of there yeah I was just like I can't anymore dude that's not my thing was that like in the beginning of the movie I don't know yeah I think it was it was like one of the first like dead people anyway I think it was one of the first dead people he encountered but right Wow. Yeah. Good for you. You know, you knew your boundary. You were like, this is not for me. Well, I probably cried a lot. I'm going to just, yeah, you probably weren't just chill. Like, you know what? I don't think I want to make a difference. For my own personal safety. I was probably like, I will now have bad dreams about this for the rest of my life. Um, interestingly enough, a bunch of other random movies came out. A lot of it, like every week, a new movie was top an interesting movie that I, that only lasted for a week is Fight Club. Oh, wow. I know. That's a um, huge movie. It's a huge movie. And it was only top for one week. Um, interesting. Maybe yeah. it got popular later because it's almost like a cult classic now. Well, right. I would say. And then Toy Story 2 came out in 99. Hmm. All right. The end of the year. Yeah. Interesting. So just everyone thinking about where you were when you were watching those movies. Yeah. That's where we are now. That's where we are now in time. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, thank you for um, digging those up. That was really interesting to think about. Let's see. Do we want to touch on anything having to do with TV? I know we've talked about the Nielsen ratings a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think we found anything super earth shattering. I mean, for the most part, we had our three contenders of ER, Friends and Frasier were in the top three, and that was more or less consistent throughout. Yeah. I think the other thing that I was interested in was when Clooney left ER, I was yeah. really expecting to see a dip in totally. ER. Totally. And it it pretty much stayed top. Yeah, it really know, did not dip list. at all. And maybe yeah. like a week. That's it. I thought that was really interesting too. And to be yeah. honest, I don't think I've ever seen ER. I just I don't know think I have either. It. And I <laughs> yeah. was aware of it at the time too but it wasn't my thing and it would, I'd probably watch it now. I like medical dramas or whatever, but um, yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Maybe that'll be our next one. <laughs> oh my God. It's horrible. <laughs> Spaghetti and bread sauce. Gross. Yikes. Sorry. Um, uh, you're like today we're eating liver because the patient had a perforated it liver. Uh, that's a real thing. Yeah. It sounds right. Perforated, I think, but sure. Perforated. 
That's fine. Yeah. I don't actually know how any words are said. I just hear them and repeat them. So same. I mean, that's how it works. It's language. We nailed it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, let's dive into the show Friends and Mm -hmm. season five of Friends. That's what we're here to talk about. One of the things. So it was really interesting. I really enjoyed going through a full season and picking apart every single Mm -hmm. episode. That was from a comedy writing perspective. I found that very interesting. And even, yeah, I mean, just from a TV enthusiast perspective, I found that very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we can talk a little bit about the season arc. Some of the things that I found interesting were particular episodes that, you know, I've rewatched the show in the past, probably even multiple times. And I never really had a particular episode stick out to me, to be honest, one Mm. way or the other. Maybe there's some episodes that are memorable because they have these kind of jokes that have become iconic. Sure. And I want to say this delicately, not that the producers of the show are like listening or anything, but um, (laughs) I was surprised at the episodes that we did that I was less excited about. You know what I mean? Mm, Like mm -hmm. the ones that I was like, man, this episode wasn't as funny for me or it just didn't have as many jokes for me or I mean dare we mention the horrific Thanksgiving episode that right. was just like full train wreck the entire episode right um which again I mean you know we've talked about this a lot obviously a lot of that is things are just very dated and things that were socially acceptable to joke about then now make me extremely uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so I'm sure that's part of it but um as we talked about at the time like even just from a comedy perspective it just wasn't funny you know so yeah so it was interesting noticing um kind of a few episodes that were yeah that kind of stood out in that way or just like went on closer examination you know, episodes that in the past would just slide by when I was binging that wouldn't sure. really stand out one way or the other. And on a closer look was, yeah, it was just interesting to take a closer look at that. Of course, there were also episodes that, you know, many episodes that were hilarious and full of lots right. of amazing jokes, you know, so. Yeah, I, I mean, just- I think as a culture, we binge everything now. I mean, to the point where it's like even shows that come out that are on Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever yeah. but that come out week by week. Yeah. I know that I will still wait a couple weeks in between so that I can oh, totally. watch three or four episodes back to back rather than waiting week by week. Totally. And so it's, it definitely, you know, we are of the generation where we don't, you know, need, need to turn, be in our homes and watching the TV at 8 PM. Exactly. Right. Um, and I think it's also interesting. That's just definitely changed the way that we consume media and and TV. I mean, TV shows now, I mean, you think about some of those, these in game of Thrones is the first thing that's coming to mind. Uh, These like huge productions, these incredible, I mean, they're movie level productions Totally, and they're just a TV show, right? And I think, you know, you think about the, the, there was definitely people looked down on TV and especially a a sitcom people, I think even nowadays, yeah, yeah, really are just like, oh, it's just shitty TV, it's just bad TV, whatever it's network TV, blah, blah, blah. But I, it, it has, as you said, it's been really interesting, really sitting down and sort of hyper-focusing in yeah. on these TV show, this TV show and 
thinking through, I mean, there's these iconic moments that anyone who even has never seen Friends knows. Right. That are great and they're iconic for a reason. But then there's also these like, there's so many other things that I think we encountered over this season that are so funny that just aren't memorable because they're not, you know, Ross's leather pants or pivot (laughs) or whatever, you know? And so I think that's, that's also been interesting. Totally. And it's, yeah, it's really, I'm glad you mentioned kind of the iconic jokes too, because I felt like some of those were even kind of a letdown in a way, like, Mm -hmm. and maybe just because they're so built up in the culture Mm -hmm. that when you rewatch it and like, it's hard to, it's kind of not fair because, you know, sort of the element of surprise is a huge part of comedy, you know? So in fact, one of my comedy teachers my stand-up teacher was like that's what a joke is like it's a surprise right so if you're not surprised then there's no joke you know what I mean and that's you know we can debate that that can be true to different levels or whatever mm-hmm. but um um like you can hear it I'm saying I'm not saying that you can never like laugh at a joke twice or whatever but there's just sure. an element of that that's like very integral to humor and so I think some of the iconic jokes have so much buildup that like for example when we got to the pivot episode mm-hmm. I mean yeah I enjoyed that scene and it was funny but I don't know if it lived up to this sort of you know in in the culture it's this such this hilarious joke and in the moment, I wasn't exactly like peeing my pants laughing at it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just like that one. And then also the cat. And again, mm-hmm. like the cat was funny and there it was a joke machine. There was a lot of jokes that ranged from good to bad that were made about the cat or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of interesting to revisit those iconic moments. I will say that the leather pants for me did very much hold up. Yeah. I mean, if anything it was even funnier to me than it's ever been in the past. And I think that part of that also was due to taking a closer look at it, also appreciating it from the level of our clown sort of point of view and perspective Mm -hmm. and just all the kind of closer looks we've had at Ross this season. That was just, yeah, for me, I don't know if that was necessarily my favorite like joke of the entire season because there were Mm -hmm. a lot of really great jokes this season, but that was one iconic joke for me that definitely lived up to or exceeded my expectation of it. Yeah. I think especially, and I know we've talked about this throughout the season, just both of us, I think kind of went in being like, Ross, what a sad sack. How annoying. Totally. totally. But then spending like, because we're so hyper-focused in it, recognizing just the, the attention he is spending to every moment that he's doing. I oh mean, my gosh. in our, An incredible our episode, performer. I think in our episode with Howard, a lot of what he was saying was like, none of the jokes were written well, but the actors are so good that they're doing such a good job. And I, they're and just I think selling it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I think that's so true. I mean, obviously they're all such great actors and I think specifically Ross had such an arc. His arc was so tumultuous. You know, it's like, if we think about the entire season, right? It started with Ross getting married. Right. (laughs) Wow. And then it, right. I mean, I mean, he did the altar. Yeah. At the altar. He did get married. True. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended with him also getting married, which is hilarious, but. Which is, that's his thing. Yeah. Loves marriage. What two um, divorces and Joey? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Hey." Anyway, but I, 
you know, and then he goes through that whole phase of like fighting for Emily, trying to get her to move in, gets a new apartment. It falls through moving in with the guys, moves across the street from his friends, seeing his sister and his best friend together. And like, all, just <laughs> you're all, leaving out the sandwich, losing his job. Losing, you know what I mean? It's like, true. Yeah. Like all the anger going stuff. Through, yeah. I mean, everything, everything. Right. Whereas I think, I mean, I guess Monica and Chandler, they had like their relationship that they were hiding. So that was right. kind of their like season arc. Um, Rachel got, didn't she get a new job? Well, actually, I'm glad that we started digging into the character arcs. So um, I will say for Monica and Chandler, their season arc was kind of boring for me. I mean, it was fine. It was very much about their relationship. That's right. what happened in their arc. And that, and that's fine. That's great. Yeah. It provided a lot of material. They're both crazy. So that gave a lot of juice. Yeah. Here's one th- interesting thing about Rachel. She went from, and I'm actually going to roll it back to the season finale of season four. Mm-hmm. In the last episode of season four, Rachel is going to London to stop Ross from getting married to right. Emily. Basically. Yeah, that she maybe she doesn't say it in those words, but she's still in love with Ross. He's about to go get married. She has to go there and stop him from getting married. She does <laughs> essentially stop him. From, I mean, she doesn't, but she does passively. But she does. Yes, you know they they split. He and Emily split up, mm-hmm. not in a smooth, chill way, <laughs> but they do. And in the last episode of season five, she's getting married to Ross. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is they're not in love they've had this whole other arc it's not like everything went her way i'm doing right quotes um they've had their ups and downs and now they're just friends and whatever she says that she doesn't have feelings for him whether that's true or not whatever they're not in a romantic place they just end up getting married through this set of circumstances how however how however Love that. From a manifesting perspective, I'm just saying, <laughs> Rachel starts off the season by being like, I, I need to stop Ross from getting married, which has sort of an implication that it's, you know, because she wants to be with him. Sure. And a year later, she's marrying him. So just saying. Maybe she's watched The Secret or something and she's really into it. You know what it. I mean? Like, so I thought that was very interesting about Rachel's yeah. arc. Um throughout the interim time to be honest she's not much of a driving character she does get a new job which is great yeah um there's a little bit of business around that we have experienced a lot of the kind of I want to say like flaccidity that doesn't really seem like the right word but like just kind of the uh amorphousness of sort of her character where they just kind of decide to give her a different trait and they're mm-hmm. like, we've always been like this. And now that's the core central joke of this episode. Right, right. For multiple different episodes to the point where it kind of makes you realize like, oh, sh- I don't know that she necessarily has a super strong, She doesn't have a personality. Like, yeah, right, right. Like set of character traits. Um, again, nothing against her, but it's just, int- it, is, it was interesting to kind of observe that a little bit more mm-hmm. closely. Um, let's see who else joey doesn't have much going on which like, is over the course of, of this of this year you yeah. know really nothing nothing big i mean he's had obviously things in his life but nothing really nothing crazy i mean he has a few episodes that you know revolve around his acting career in one way or another yeah, maybe sure. like three episodes involve that 
but he's kind of just there hanging out, which is pretty yeah. much his personality. And I mean, they, it's it's interesting because they have him set up as like he's this player, but he doesn't really have like a lot of girls around during this season either. It's interesting because I do feel like Rachel had a lot of relationships over this or right didn't she did she now i'm like confusing things yeah but i feel I don't like i really think we heard well she had the yeti Rachel's. there was the okay, yeti she did that's right there was that whole run with the yeti and then i feel like there was one other maybe thick guy that she whatever that's all i remember is the yeti and then anyway so yeah. she's like but she's a, dating whatever. she's apparently you know the hot one that's dating right and so we see one maybe two guys whatever oh, well then there's the thing with her boss i mean that's not like a well honestly. that's definitely not a relationship yeah 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 yeah. she that's just, just is highly inappropriate with him yeah. yeah but but it is interesting because it's i feel like the way it's written is that joey is constantly going out with women we just never see them i mean right. we saw the like the like tiny girl that punched him and right. um and then there was one there's com- the girl in the apartment building in ross's apartment building uh-huh. where he's like wandering around looking for the hot girl yeah and then, and there's, then there's i feel like there's another one where he's like i want to say the pizza girl episode but that's not about him it's about ross mm-mm. which is weird no, there's another one, and I don't remember what it was. It was like really just a throwaway. He um, was trying to. Was it in the one where he thinks he's in love with Monica? He's he's trying to have a new tactic on a girl yeah. and ends up having a threesome. And like, yeah, so that's in the one where he thinks he's in love with Monica because they're okay. like, no, you just need to like maybe you just need to like connect you're looking for something more you want to connect and like be friends first and he's like well you you didn't give me like like you gave me a pickup line and he's like all mad because what ended up happening is he just like had a threesome threesome. yeah so I feel like all of his adventures are just like throwaways whereas we see we see the girls relationships right right which I mean that's very true that kind of makes sense I don't honestly feel like any any I'm not missing it. I mean, I don't, yeah, no one really, I I would be interested to see the biographical demographics breakdown of of who's watching. Because I do feel like it's very female forward. Yeah, I think so too. I'm sure that women are like, I don't really care who the guys are dating, but who's, oh, tell me about Gary. Tell me about whatever. Tell me about who, Danny, whatever. Yeah. Um, I will say in other seasons, I guess past seasons, there have been storylines. Like there was a whole run where, God, I'm blanking on her name, but it's has Brewster in it. Um, she, uh, sorry, there's this gal that there's like a love triangle between Joey and Chandler at one point, And that's a whole thing. Do you, do you yes. know what I'm talking about? So the Brewster, I feel like you're talking What's about, name? no, but I feel like you're talking about the little girl that was not little girl, the small not punky Brewster. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm hearing in my mind. Paget Brewster is who I was thinking of. I don't know who that is, but I'm sure if I saw her, I recognize her. But yeah, that was in a past. Right. I mean, there's also like season eight or nine or whatever where Joey and Rachel are together. Oh so, my God. What a weird time that was in the show. Yeah. So, but as we talked about in, in our episode with Howard too, is like this whole season, I mean, the whole show and so perfectly and lovely for everyone except for Joey. It right. Just, totally. He just doesn't have 
I mean, he's never really had like a strong, I guess, through line. Well, he's just kind of there. I mean, he's, I don't mean that in a bad way. He gives a lot of comic relief and has a Mm -hmm. lot of jokes. And again, he's like kind of this clown character, which are sort of inherently like in their own world and just kind of like doing their own thing and sort of fumbling their way through life. And that's very much his deal. And he's just kind of like a happy-go-lucky person. So he just kind of bounced his way through this season without too much turmoil one way or the other. Mm -hmm. If we want to get into Phoebe... She's gotten a lot done this year. She started I mean, the season pregnant with her yeah, brother's kids. Yeah, she had freaking triplets. And she I kind triplets. of forgot about that as we were yeah. rounding out this season. Like, she had triplets. She, um, Her grandma died and she reconnected with her dad. Yeah. And then she dated Gary. Yeah. And broke up with him. And then is finishing out the season by, for her coming full circle, by getting to go onto the trip that she mm-hmm. didn't basically in her mind, kind of making up for the fact that she wasn't able to go to London, going to Vegas with everyone. Yeah. And it's interesting because Phoebe and Joey are similar in many ways. They're both kind of just these bright spots of like, mm-hmm. not that they're so much better than everyone else, but there are these bright spots in terms of their, they are these kind of positive people that are, they're the clowns as we've talked about before many times. And they're just kind of in their own world and sort of reacting to things. Um, but Phoebe is a lot more active in her arc than Joey yeah. and, and goes through a lot more. And maybe there, at least in this season, there is a little bit more depth there. You know, we do see a lot of emotional, um, we do see an emotional journey with her, with her father and her mm-hmm. grandmother and her, you know, there's a lot of family stuff going on with her yeah. this year and there's relationship stuff, you know what I mean? So there's a lot that kind of goes on with her. One, well, it is interesting that Gary was such a big part of this season yeah and I mean I think if we're if we're kind of comparing Phoebe and Joey to each other in sort of their like peripheral storylines and all that and how they kind of play into the the overall storyline of the 10 seasons of Friends right I feel like when I think about the Friends relationships over the years Phoebe's boyfriends are way more memorable than a hundred percent Joey's girlfriends I mean oh I don't my gosh totally I don't remember any of I I think I mean obviously the girl that punches him because it was part of the season but I mean right she she over the course of the 10 years she dates Sean Penn is her boyfriend at one point and oh yeah Charlie Sheen comes on at some point um, we had obviously Gary and then Paul Rudd, his name. She marries Paul Rudd, she marries Paul Rudd. Well, and early on there's, um, yeah, oh, what's what's one guy's the name? scientist, yes, right? I'm can picture his face and I've um, of seen him in other things too, but, and he's just lovely. Oh, who's going to find it first. Hank mm-hmm. Azaria. How could I blank yes. on the name Hank Azaria? He's so brilliant. I don't think I connected the this is so dumb of me I don't think I connected that that was Hank Azaria in the past Mm. like Hank Azaria the famous voice actor on the Simpsons right who's a like brilliant hilarious comic very he's and he's great on friends early he's like early couple like season one or two maybe yeah so season one episode 10 is his Mm -hmm. first episode and I think I don't know if it's all if all of his episodes are contained in that one season oh I think he comes back in season nine that's oh crazy that must be right around mike 
and yeah getting married for tonight. sure it's season nine episode 23 i think they were on a gym or something like that Ooh. anyways yeah i don't i don't remember what when they get married but i was just clicking on to like the first and then the last to see the spread but i think most of his arc is in the first season yeah yeah no, no no it's definitely he pops back occasionally or whatever yeah well no i was just saying I, i'm sure that he pops back in right around when phoebe and mike are getting married because totally drama to create drama right but but yeah it's just it is interesting even like i just googled phoebe's boyfriends in friends and saw a list of like 12 guys and was like oh right. i remember all of these people and they're you know episodes past episodes future whatever right. and then i googled the same thing for joey and i was like not a lot of boyfriends for him no sorry <laughs> if only yeah um <laughs> i was like no i didn't know like signori weaver was on oh. friends and was his girlfriend at some point so about that too wow honestly don't even remember that so yeah, it, it is just interesting. And I think I'm sure that they're just playing up the demographic of totally. probably more females are watching it and women care more about women finding love and men than they care about who men are screwing. Well, and I think really also what I'm hearing overall is we just don't get to see as much emotional depth from Joey in general in the writing of yeah. the show. Yeah, you know, and they both are share a lot of similarities in their characters, but that is one point where they really deviate because mm-hmm. Phoebe does have a lot more depth and a lot more emotional, yeah, just a lot more emotional depth and depth of character, yeah. and a, kind of a, just a more fleshed out character than Joey in the show in general, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And again, that could also go back to because mostly women watch, so they're yeah. more interested in the female characters in a, in a certain way. Um, just to touch back onto Ross's arc a little mm-hmm. bit, especially in the first part of the season, we talked a lot about like the de-evolution of Ross and mm-hmm. he had an amazing spiral into oblivion. Um, and he's kind of pulled it together a little bit towards yeah. the end of the season. He's got his own place. I think he has his job back. I would assume so. Yeah. I would assume so. Yeah. He seems to just be less intense in general or just more chill there haven't been as many episodes focusing on how crazy he is or whatever in fact I actually think there's more episodes that have focused on how crazy Monica is and Mm -hmm. I will say another element of her character arc is she just seems to have gone off the deep end in terms of how her personality (laughs) is written this season but I did want to stick on Ross for just a second which is just to say that it seems like it was a pretty you know, he had a very rough year, but he did pull it together and he's kind of getting it more on the, on track um, until of course he accidentally drunkenly gets married to Rachel and that well. sets off his arc for season six, which is yeah. another set of problems for him. But yeah, Monica. Yeah, man. I feel like I don't really remember her being so annoying in the beginning of the season mm. as she was towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. just in the super over the top aggressive bossiness controllingness and neat freakage I mean those have always been her personality traits I guess but it really seems like it's gone just like more and more and more this season yeah I kind of get it because everyone's always in her home all the time sure and so there's like this sense of like okay well I need to be presenting all the time right and be you know everything has to be perfect all the time because everyone's always here but she seems like she should be very comfortable with them, like family level comfortable. 
I'm certainly not like that. Like, for example, I had a friend come over to the house this week and our house is a wreck right now, but it's a friend that I've known since I was 10. And I was just like, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I know. But I think there care. are people They're who are not going to like judge me for that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But some people just aren't like that. Yeah. I mean, but if someone else came over, I'd be like, you're not coming in my house. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. I think I do hear what you're saying. She does have everyone in her house all the time. Like um, I'm not excusing like that she is. So, you right. know what I mean? It seems like she's getting sure. worse, but, but that is a, that is a very valid point. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, it's leaning into, I, I mean, I can't imagine, well, one, I can't imagine writing 24 episodes for 10 years, oh my God. just in general. That's, that's <laughs> Sounds, I wrote one spec script once. I was going to say, I've written and two, like it I've was, written a pilot and, that's, and a spec and that's it. And I was like, that's it. I did it. I wrote one thing. And it took me like six months each <laughs> to write these <laughs> right. legitimately. You know, and so then I can't imagine then you're writing the show that is so dependent on viewers and like right and I don't really know how shows then or even how shows now go about this but you know you I feel like you hear stories about shows where it's like oh well we were going to do this but then testing audiences didn't like that so we went this different direction and it ended up being great or whatever and it's like well, but who are those people? Who are those testing audiences? You know, or like, how does this information get to the writers to create, to, to make these changes? And so I, I wonder how much that is in that, how much that is affecting how the story arc, you know, if people are like so reactive right. to her crazy OCD over the top energy that they're like, okay, well, we just have to lean in this direction then. That's really interesting. And I also really appreciated what Howard was saying about Monica, where basically he was kind of calling her out as one of the weaker um, Mm -hmm. characters. And I mean, I don't think I had put my finger on it exactly in that way, but it is definitely the case that she doesn't really get to do a lot of jokes she's not a jokey character she doesn't Mm -hmm. when she does have physical comedy the physical comedy is about her being super intense and you know really bossy and into the game or controlling and racing everywhere or something like that you know what I mean and so I wonder if part of it was also just like working you know because I think writers also work with their performers and they're like well Mm -hmm. what is it funny when they do or whatever (laughs) you know and and if they're not really feeling like they can write a lot of like bits for her to to sort of sell or whatever, then they're like, well, let's lean in this other direction that, you know, it seems like Courtney Cox is really funny when she's super intense. So let's just like lean into that, you know yeah. what I mean? Or, or whatever. And again, also just the idea of writing 24 episodes and then just like, you know, maybe they didn't really realize that was going to be such a big thing when they started putting little hints of that in. And then they just kind of start relying on it more and more when writing mm-hmm. for her character. I mean, who knows, but that was interesting. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think I've watched a little bit of the early seasons since we've been doing this podcast and uh-huh. her competitiveness has always been there for sure. Yeah. And she was like raised with a brother, you know what I mean? So that kind of tracks. And historically, like her parents love Ross and kind of shit on her. So there's that. 
I, I would say her sort of like neat freak OCD is more aggressive lately, but she's always kind of like been type A ish. Right. Yeah, I think maybe they're just, yeah, like you said, leaning into it. Yeah, that's interesting. So is it even fair to ask who we most resonate with overall in the series? Like Oof. in the season, not the series, but the season. That's hard. I know. Because when you put it all together, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot more specific in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I would resonate, I think, if looking at the the whole season arc from sort of very far away. Mm-hmm. I think I would maybe resonate with Chandler and his sort of like goofiness and trying to be a good yeah. partner and maybe like a smattering of Phoebe. Right. She, she's just great. Always. I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Cause like as a character, I relate to the most as like, I relate the most to Phoebe, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like an arc that I relate to or that I resonate with. Yeah. It is really challenging. I think some parts of me do resonate with Ross. I've mm-hmm. had some challenges, you know, in the last year or two or whatever. Um, haven't we all? <laughs> haven't we all? Exactly. And it's interesting because I think I touched on this up at one point in one of his more angry episodes, but I like worked through, I don't know, it, like some of it kind of resonates with my like therapy journey in the last sure, like, year and a sure. half. I'm like, oh yeah, I went through a strong like anger phase that still like bubbles up sometimes. It was very healing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Anyways. And also that he does end the season on a little bit of better footing. That's kind of nice. I also really kind of just love the Rachel idea that she's Mm. like goes from like having a particular objective, manifesting it, but in a completely different and like weird and unexpected way the next year. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like a careful what you wish for kind of thing. It's like she technically (laughs) like gets what she wants, but she no longer wants it. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of an interesting little thing that I thought was kind of funny. But yeah, like, but yeah, it's tough because like as a character, I definitely resonate more with Phoebe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, are we ready to talk about food? Yeah. Let's reflect on all the recipes. Let's do it. So I did want to ask you, Heather, as our layperson. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've talked a little bit about this off the record, but (laughs) how do you feel like you have kind of changed in your like day-to-day cooking, you know, Mm. if at all from the beginning of the season to now? I think my day-to-day cooking, I, the biggest change is I make more of my own salad dressing based on salad dressings past Mm -hmm. of yours. But I think overall, I think I've just gotten more confident with things. Even, even like we made chicken wings in one of our mm. first few episodes and yeah. I don't think I'd ever, I've ever eaten a chicken wing before, or maybe I'd had one before a couple of times and was just like, I don't understand. This is freaking me out. There's too many yeah. bones and, and like, right. You don't like the bones soft yeah. parts and textures that are freaking me out. And since then, I wouldn't say I've done this on a regular basis, but I have been at a restaurant and either ordered or been with people who have ordered wings and had maybe one or more. Nice. Yeah. So a little more adventurous. 
not as afraid. Yeah. It's interesting when you're unaware of something and then you learn about it, you become less afraid. Weird. If only, if only the <laughs> whole world could look at scary things that way. But I think, yeah, I think the, the things that the, the biggest things, when I think about all the recipes that we've made, the biggest things that I'm taking away are little things to make a meal more exciting. Mm-hmm. And those little totally. things are like making your own salad dressing. That's easy. That's customizable. That's fun. That feels sort of like an accomplishment or even as I've said before, many times, just like having herbs on hand and having totally. fresh herbs in a salad or even just having fresh herbs as a finishing on whatever other meal totally. you're making, you know, and little things like that, that can take something that is just, I need to eat to survive the day right? <laughs> and turning it into like a pleasurable meal or something that's like worth taking a moment to exhale, yeah. sit and eat totally. versus totally. just like, I need to eat this so that I can continue the rest of my day. Right. Right. So I think a little bit of that and a little bit of just like, you know, like I think we've made a lot of like dips or, yeah. um, or like party things that, right, right. that, feel a little bit more elevated than just what you could get at the grocery store which and they're all super easy and so that's like another thing where it's like oh I could if I ever go to a party ever or whatever you know bring this thing that feels a little bit more exciting and elevated than just you know a tub of sour cream with powder mixture mixed in right. or whatever not that there's of course anything wrong with that but <laughs> yeah I totally, wrong with that. that's totally great too <laughs> but it is nice to have those tricks that you're like oh this actually really barely takes any more work than that and feels a lot yeah. more special yeah. yeah yeah I love that that's wonderful yeah I think as anyone who's listened to the podcast and there's been meat in the episode knows right. I, I'm not a big meat person in general but definitely not a big red meat person and yeah uh, recently on our episode with Eric, we were talking about the steak. Right. And I had kind of just totally bamboozled my steak and it wasn't great. And one of the things he suggested was putting it in the oven. Mm-hmm. Right. And just today I made steak for Will and I from a meal box that we had gotten. Mm-hmm. And one piece was just the cut was a little bit thicker. Yeah. So we had like, I had followed the instructions and done everything I was supposed to do with the smaller piece. It came out great, but the bigger piece was like not ready. And I was just tired of like sitting over my oven, sitting over my stove and watching like oil spatter all over everything. And I was like, Oh, Eric said to put it in the oven. And so I just like, the oven was already on because I was making some other things. And so I just put it in the oven while I was like prepping and cleaning some other things and it came out perfect. And I was like, Eric say that, or did I say that? It's fine. It doesn't matter, but you probably said it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm associating the episode. It's totally fine. I'm sure we probably both said it. I'm not trying to be like, that was my idea, but I guess I am because I just said it. You Um, are. But you know what? I said it on that episode. I don't remember. You, I think you are right because I do remember him saying, you know what? When I'm going to cook this again, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it in the oven. Yeah. Because so you can do it under thought. the broiler, like the whole thing. But you can also sear it on the stovetop and then finish it in the oven, which is what you did, which is I always is exactly a nice what way I did. Go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and and that's a, especially for someone like you that likes it cooked a little bit 
more than I do, that's a perfect way to go. You know, you get the amount of sear that you want and mm-hmm. then you just throw it in the oven until it's done the amount that you want it to be done. Yeah. I was so tired of like constant cause I didn't want it to get burned. Totally. And so I was like constantly flip, not constantly. I was flipping but it yeah. every couple minutes, getting all the sides nice and seared. And I could, I was just like squishing it with my tongs and it was like clearly raw in the like middle. Not, yeah. Yeah. And, but it was starting to get burnt and I would like, you know, yeah. my pan, I was getting oil yeah, everywhere. Totally. And oh, yeah, I was it's like, this and it's just feels too much. And I remembered the episode on which Eric was a guest. <laughs> yes. And yes. someone on that episode mentioned putting it in the oven. I forgot totally. about the broiler part. Right. But right. I just put it in the oven. It was like at 400. That's great. Yeah. That's perfect. So, yeah. Anyway, that's awesome. You so that was that into your. Yeah. You know, and it was also kind of like a problem solving moment that maybe mm-hmm. some of our many conversations helped you sort of like think through, which is. Cool. Uh, yeah. I would never, I would just keep dealing. I would just have a burnt steak right like right. I just would have you know but but that way it wasn't burnt on all sides <laughs> yeah totally so so that was exciting that's so I awesome. think that's I love that's that. my my journey I love that um I will say for myself it's been really as you know just since we're creative partners Heather you know that I love to have a prompt and a deadline mm-hmm. when I'm creating something I find those to be very helpful so it's been really cool that I've had a chance to create so many original recipes for this season that's definitely the most original recipes I've created you know within the past year of sure. any other year <laughs> you know what I mean I've had my food blog for quite a while but in the past I've always just kind of dropped a recipe here and there whenever I sort of had time or was inspired or whatever. Um, so it's yeah. been cool to kind of have that deadline to be like constant, again, not constantly, but you know, to be regularly putting something out has been really cool. And it has been great as I, as I've talked about throughout the season, it's been great to have you and our guests, but especially you as sort of like the non food nerd person sort of getting your take on what your experience was is really Mm -hmm. helpful for me because there are things that even though I do try to make my recipes really accessible, there are still things that I just take for granted or just don't think about someone not having the same level of not saying like skill or whatever, but just like not having the same context that I'm coming to a recipe with or whatever. So that's been really interesting for me. Yeah. And I hope I keep writing recipes. I mean, I know I will, and it'll be nice to not necessarily have to put out a new one every two weeks, Mm -hmm. but, um, it also, I think has helped me gain some confidence in, in just in my creativity and in my ability to do that, you know what I mean? Which has been really interesting too. So, and I have also gone outside of my comfort zone with a lot of like our baked goods and mm -hmm. things like that, that aren't necessarily something I think of as like my strong suit. So that's been really cool too. Yeah. I mean, I just think, there are, there are so many episodes and there are several episodes in which the food is obvious. Right. And, and then there's so, I think, but the majority of the episodes, the food is not obvious. Totally. And that's, I think that's where some of the really fun recipes have come from. Yeah. The ones I think that it's were like, a little more. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I will say there's like, the exciting like the more exciting ones and then there's some like media mediocre like middle of the road at recipes right yeah that like have come from you being like I have no no options here like they were drinking apple juice that's all I have to go on or whatever yeah (laughs) they once mentioned the sun so I guess I'll do sunflower seeds you know or whatever right but but I but I think what's been really cool is just hearing how you make these up these recipes because it's I mean Thanks, yeah I have no no idea I mean yeah 
it's, it is not a art form that I have any understanding of. And (laughs) what's been really fascinating is just listening to you be like, oh, well, I recently was reading this book and it talked about this herb, which made me think of this recipe that I read from this other book, which made me think of this conversation that they had in the, you know, and it's like, you're right. It's these really, I mean, you could say it's sort of like reaching, but some of these episodes, you've got to reach for the the recipe, but totally. But yeah, it's just, it's been really cool to, to watch your process too, because like I said, I mean, I, I, I don't think I fully understood. I, I definitely have gained a lot of respect for people who write recipes now yeah, <laughs> or even cookbooks and, totally. and all of that. And, and I think I really, I kind of didn't understand cookbooks mm-hmm. or the point of them. And, right until spending time talking to you and talking to some of our other guests who are more food either in the food world or just like cookbooks too right and have recognized like oh this is the reason people buy cookbooks isn't just to get these recipes that you can google there's there's a story there's a reason why this recipe came about there's right there's a celebration of this ingredient mm-hmm. or the history behind it or, or whatever it is. And that totally. just makes it all way more interesting and exciting. Oh my God. I love hearing you say that obviously, because I love food and cooking and cookbooks and all the things that you just mentioned. And, um, and yeah, it, I mean, that's exactly right. Like there's a lot more to cookbooks than just the recipes. Of course, the mm-hmm. recipes are great. Um, and I think there's something about having it in paper with a photo and the layout that helps me um, mm-hmm. kind of absorb it in a different way than just kind of surfing the net or being on Pinterest or whatever. Sure. Um, but what I really, and what I've noticed that I really love about cookbooks, what I look for is something that does have like a point of view or a mm-hmm. story or a reason or an explanation or like a cultural viewpoint or, or something like that, that I can really like learn. And one of the reasons I love cookbooks is because they just that's how I've learned to cook basically I mean I learned to cook growing up you know my mom cooked a lot and I did learn a lot from her but um since I've kind of taken my own path with food it really has been um just reading and trying a lot of different recipes and it's been yeah and like I said it really has helped me build confidence because sometimes I'm like man I spend a lot of time making other people's recipes which I Mm -hmm. do genuinely enjoy but it's cool to kind of make an a, a you know a clear effort to focus on creating my own recipes mm-hmm. and really realize that all the, you know, every recipe of someone else's that I've tried is informing my own sort of yeah. encyclopedia of flavors and skills and ideas that I can bring together in different, you know, creative ways to, to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really cool and fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And it has been really interesting and, and I knew it was going to be a challenge, um, but also fun too. Cause I mean, the show's not about food, you know, (laughs) again, there is food in some of it, you know, and like episodes like the meatball sandwich one, like that's great when you can make a meatball sandwich and I can do my version of the ideal meatball Mm -hmm. sandwich or whatever. Um, but it's also has been really fun to kind of do these episodes where there I've just kind of had to take these little hints of inspiration Mm -hmm. because in a way that's more freeing too, because I can really kind of just go do my own thing with it a little bit more, you know? So, um, yeah, that's been really fun. It's also a very sort of in the moment, you know, you, maybe you watch this episode two, three times. Yeah. 
over the course of a month or whatever. And whatever you're kind of consuming in that moment is going to affect how your brain is thinking about totally whatever recipe you're making. And that's kind of a cool thing too. You know, if you were reading any other book, right. The recipe for this episode may have been different, but because you were reading this, you know, or whatever. And I just think that that's fascinating. This is in season or I've been cooking a lot of this lately or trying a lot of different recipes of this lately. And I love that you said that because I have felt that way about creativity in general. You know, I think that creativity is this really sort of almost like magical kind of Mm -hmm. like mystical thing that we don't necessarily know where these pieces are like coming from. You know, the first burlesque act I ever put together um, was to a song that I just happened to hear when I was like trying out a dance class one day. And like, for whatever reason, that song just kind of stuck in my mind. And I like looked at the lyrics later. And then like a year later, I ended up doing a burlesque song to like a burlesque act to that song. And the song had a huge impact on everything about the act that I created you know what I mean so it's just like one of those like things like you just kind of take in all this different input and the way that your kind of brain or whatever heart soul whatever I mean whatever your theories on creativity are you know what I mean it just kind of this this whole thing of sort of being in the world and absorbing it and taking it in and learning and having experiences and then kind of making something new with it um which is one of the things I really love about being an artist and being yeah. creative and also seeing the things that other people create because it's so interesting, that whole process. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's really opened my eyes to, I, I've always really enjoyed cooking. It's something that I, I find is, is very calming. It's peaceful. It's like me yeah. time and whatever. Totally. And there's, you know, it's fun to just cook to eat, but it's also fun to cook for friends or to make something that's challenging, blah, 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 whatever. And I, it's always just felt like, Oh, I'll just Google this recipe. I'll Google whatever. And now I'm like more inspired to, I don't know, like jump into a cookbook and, you know, especially talking with BB about and the cookbook clubs or talking with Monique about the, her hardcover books. I mean, yeah this isn't going to be a spoiler because I'm sure this episode is going to come out after my sister's birthday, but <laughs> my mom and I are getting my sister a, a book from Monique's bundle um, cookbook and bundle. Cook. Yeah. Yeah. Or hardcover. And, yeah. Hardcover cookbook, hardcover, mm-hmm. hardcover, hardcover cook. cookbook, book, hardcover. Sure. Hardcover. One of those. Monique's thing. Monique's thing. I think it's hardcover cook. Or I think it is too. I just like got about it. Well, but I think I kept saying cookbook. Yeah. A hardcover cook, hardcover cook, like cookbook bundle basically. And it was so exciting for my mom and I, I like, we were on the phone. I was reading through all yeah. of the different things about the different, um, the different the things bundles, that they were offering, yeah. the different books for this bundle, this quarter, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we ended up choosing a book that's actually part of her vegetarian bundle, but it's yeah. just, it's, it, I think it's actually vegan. The whole thing is vegan. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but I think so. Yeah. But it's because the story behind it is something that we think that my sister is going to really like. And that's, yeah. that makes it, I, I like, I am so excited Yay. for her right. to, look, to, to have this book. I'm so excited to see what recipes she makes. I'm excited because I'm going to, be there when she gets it, when she gets, I'm going to be there when she gets it. Yeah. And I can't wait to look through it too. And it, it's just like, there's no 
I would never have known that this exists. Right. You know? Yeah. And now I'm excited to like look through a cookbook, which I is love that. never That's a phrase so that I think I would ever say. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so the dark side of cookbooks. I know. So who knows? Maybe I will, you know, get a cookbook and join one of these Instagram clubs or whatever. Oh my God. I'm um, already like, what cookbook can I send her that she'll like? <laughs> so I, I do scheming. love, I do love like, a, you know, um, well, as we've talked about, I do love a deadline. So if everyone's cooking the right. same recipe or whatever, yeah. I'm all about that. Nice. I love a group effort. I love a team Absolutely. project. But <laughs> amazing. But yeah, so it's this whole thing, and and I obviously my friendship with you and and all of this has just really made me appreciate. I think the art of recipe development and yeah. cookbooks much more. I've always appreciated food and the totally. art that can come out of food and, you know, going to a fine restaurant and, right. and getting high quality, a high quality meal, whatever. But I think I've now, I'm now recognizing just the specialness that comes out of yeah people's different creative and, and all of the I want to say baggage, but that's, you know, but it's yeah, true, the stories, like the, the voices, stories that yeah. people bring in <laughs> the emotional content or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The love, you the might love. say the love, the love, the baggage of love. Some call it baggage. I call it love. <laughs> Do you Some know? call it love. I call it baggage. <laughs> there you go. That's more in keeping with my mentality. Um, I love that. That's really exciting for me to hear because it is something that I'm sometimes almost feel weirdly passionate about you know what I mean it's just Mm -hmm. it's one of my nerdy things um and so of course I get it when people don't get it when people don't understand Mm -hmm. that's totally fine and I completely understand that when people do start to get I've had another friend that recently started getting more into cookbooks in the last year and it's just like really exciting for me (laughs) too because it does bring me tons of joy so to be able to kind of like share that with someone is really fun so yeah, I think there's this community aspect that I never understood mm-hmm. before. Totally. And especially talking with BB about the cookbook yeah. clubs and stuff, yeah. like the idea of getting a book and just looking through it and being excited in my own way, like that's one thing. But then sure. to connect with other people online that you don't know and have them be like, I tried this recipe and it was great for these reasons. Yeah. And be like, oh, that was a recipe that I was not, was not even on my radar. I totally. skimmed over it. Oh, that's happened to me and, so many times. Yeah. You know, and that makes, I don't know, it's just like any book club, I guess. Totally. I don't know. I haven't done that either, but <laughs> you know, just any shared interest. And I, I think something that I, you know, having worked in the the coffee industry for like 10 years yeah. and um, just in restaurants and stuff, the, the thing that I've always really enjoyed about that is it's just such a mix of different people, usually yeah. different forms of artists, right. whether it's fine arts or music or a theater like myself. And, and it's usually just like people who have a shared love for something. Totally. And maybe something else too, you know? And so being able to kind of put these different energies together Mm -hmm. all for the shared love. Yeah. That's what I feel like these kind of these cookbook clubs are. They see, I don't know. I haven't participated, but that's what in, in my ideation of them is like, 
oh, these are, you know, people from all these different walks of life, different experience, totally coming together and being like, here's my janky ass kitchen, but here's this recipe that I made. And then someone else is like, I'm a food photographer. Here's the same (laughs) recipe. And you're like, well, F you, but also you're right. Yours looks beautiful. (laughs) But I mean, there's something really magical to me about the idea of eating the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm like tasting the same flavors, having the same experience. I mean, food is so obviously important to keep us alive, but it also is such a huge pillar of community. And it's really, you know, I've known some people that have done this during the pandemic, you know, choose the same cookbook that they and their friend have. And so they'll both cook the same recipe together on the same night in different States or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's like, there's something to that where it's like, you still kind of feel this shared sense of like, I'm tasting what they're tasting. It's just like, it feels like you're eating together. Even when obviously over the last two years, a lot of times eating together hasn't been possible. And also it's not possible for me to just have dinner parties with random people on on the Instagram all the time. But like through these cookbook clubs, I'm able to really share a lot of those experiences and get inspiration from what, from what they're doing. And and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I love that. That's been a really fun thing for me too. (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I really appeals to me about writing recipes too, is just that idea that someone else will be eating my food, that someone will Mm. be eating, you know, the flavors that I came up with and enjoying that. And there's something I love cooking for others. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's a way to continue that feeling. It's a way to continue on that sharing beyond the limitations of my home and my schedule or whatever and, mm-hmm. and physical proximity is being able to create a, a dish that um that I really love and then share it with other people and have them be able to taste that same thing it almost feels like I'm feeding them you know what I yeah. mean and so there's something really special about that too honestly it's so heartwarming for me when people make my recipes and I've kind of joked that like this whole podcast is just a ploy to like force people to cook my recipes <laughs> it, like low-key kind of was um and I found that element really rewarding <laughs> yeah get but, it um yeah I mean just sharing my recipes I find to be something that's really cool and special so thank you for helping me do that yeah <laughs> I am curious if you have a favorite recipe or a couple of favorite recipes. I know that mm. you have, have cooked a few with your family and mm-hmm. things like that, but I'm just curious if there've been any, any standouts or repeaters that you've made on your own or, or anything like that. Yeah. So my family, big supporters of the podcast, shout out to them. And anytime I, we love the Kellogg's anytime <laughs> that I am visiting, they all live in the same place. So it's super convenient. Nice. And anytime I'm visiting, my mom's like, you've got to make whatever recent recipe that yeah. was on the podcast because I love that. That she gets excited. Happy. Yeah. And so the, um, let's see, one time I was there, we made the fireballs and we mm-hmm. made the burgers. Mm-hmm. And then the last time I was there, we made the meatballs. Nice. Yeah. And honestly, those all stand out as some of my favorite recipes. That's awesome. Yeah, Not just that. because we've made them again, but I think like the meatballs. So when we made them for the podcast, it was in a meatball sub. And then mm-hmm. when I made them with my family, we we made a mushroom. I made a mushroom cream sauce with it. Love that. And, and we had them with pasta and they were, it was, they were awesome. Everyone was, was very happy with them. And then same thing with the burger. I mean, the burger yeah. was, it's just, it's so good. And all, all of the elements involved just make the burger even better. 
the cream cheese and the it was a good burger, wasn't it? It was a really good burger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like craving one now. Anyways. Yeah. No, it it really good. And then so like, okay, so those are two like ground meat recipes, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, but you know, you take the humble ground right. meat and make it into something great. And then the fireballs I made mm-hmm. again. Right. Uh, with my family and those were an absolute hit even though we used way too much cayenne and they were almost so they were sad. almost inedible but we you know you can like mix more sugar in right it was too late like we were <laughs> we were all on fire and just kept eating them it was oh my god that's it was amazing. great like i, I was sorry it's hilarious. it was so good i mean and the thing about it is that they're so easy and so yeah. that helps totally it was kind of like Eh, just keep eating them, whatever. Like we can make more later, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, I love it. But yeah, when I think, so those are, those are ones that I've made. I've made again. Right. Um, I think those are the only, the only recipes I've made twice. You mentioned you've made uh, some vinaigrettes. So was it, the, I was going to say, was it the, san- the, the Thanksgiving sandwich? Yeah. Yeah. I've made that um, maybe not the exact, but I've like right, right. taken the, some of the herbs and stuff that yeah and like the apple that. cider vinegar instead mm-hmm. of just regular white wine or oh yeah 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 whatever vinegar and use that and so I've made I've made that vinaigrette a couple times nice and yeah but I, I would say like other things that stand out as recipes that I would either make definitely make again or just keep in my mind yeah you know like I was kind of reviewing the recipes today, thinking about it. And like the three bean salad that we made. I was thinking about that one recently. You know, that one was, especially growing up, eating canned three bean salad. Right. Having fresh three bean salad was, it was so good in the herbs. And I know I've, I feel like I'm always talking about fresh herbs and how. But I'm obsessed with fresh herbs. Like I totally get it. And they're like absolutely a game game changer. And you know, they're like $1 less than. Yeah. Or you happen to have like a windowsill that gets sun. Totally. But yeah, I mean, geez, Louise, that, that was great. And I think the, the, the two dips that we made, we made the mm-hmm. chip dip with yeah. the, the roasted pineapple yeah. and that one was awesome. And then the smoked salmon mm-hmm. sort of like dip schmear spread. Yeah. That was another one. I had potato chips the other day and I was like, man, I kind of wish I had some of that salmon spread mm-hmm. to like dip in these yeah. chips in because that'd be good. Yeah. Both of those were just great. I mean, I think it's going back to like what I'm taking away and it's like yeah the things easy. that are just like easy and yeah even like the roasted yeah. the the roasted the party nuts, nuts the party yeah. nuts yeah and then the the roasted almonds I made just mm-hmm. yeah from BB's episode plus that tapenade which oh my gosh totally I mean I had to I didn't have to but I chose to purchase a food processor for nice and yeah, that totally. like that was I mean, how easy was that recipe when you have a so food easy. processor yeah, you just out of control? Done. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Uh, I think upcoming, I want to make the marinade of mm-hmm. the steak and mango salad. Yeah. I want to make that again and marinade chicken with that. And I just see myself making that again soon. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, the salad is so refreshing and so bright and so light. 
Yeah. Even with the steak, even my bad steak that I made, it was still good <laughs> with it, you know? So totally. I, I definitely want to try that with chicken. I haven't yet, but I, I will. Yeah. We made that one, as I said on the episode, because even by the time we recorded the episode, we'd kind of already made that twice because Alex mm-hmm. made it. Um, oh yeah. For his like family. I made it. Right. And then he brought a marinated steak home um, to us and it was so good. And um, that is definitely what I think I'll be making this summer for sure. Cause that marinade slash dressing also, it's just feels like it's one of those magic sauces where you're like, mm-hmm. I can use it for anything. It's just Seriously. really fucking good. Um, super easy to throw together. I will say for me, pizza scones definitely mm. stand out as a great recipe. That tomato butter was, which was inspired by a conversation with BB actually, even though she's mm-hmm. been on that episode, but those were good. I recently remade those. I made the mini and brought them into Ugh. my office and they were just as good as before. <laughs> They're really yeah. good. That's definitely a recipe I'm super proud of. Um, especially because it is a baked good, which isn't necessarily my yeah. strong suit, but I think those came out really well. Now that I'm talking about it, those brownies also oh yeah were so good and yeah. again I mean you know the base recipe was not my invention but the flavor profile was but um those are a few that stick out I mean I enjoyed a lot of them of course yeah, are, there, <laughs> but... are there besides what you've just mentioned are there any other ones that you've made again I don't think so. I think that I've, you know, cause I've been pretty focused on <laughs> making, continuing to make new stuff yeah. <laughs> um, as well as all the other recipes that I try. But I think those are the only ones that I have made again is the pizza scones and the steak. And the, I don't know if the steak even sort of really counts a, multi, a couple of the recipes I made multiple times while testing. Sure. In fact, I will say, I don't know if you don't feel pressured to name a least favorite, I will share the recipe that haunts me the most from this <laughs> season, which is actually grandma's 3D muffins, Oh, which it's not that I hate it or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't get it quite right mm-hmm. to how I was envisioning it. And again, it is a baked good. I'm not really the most knowledgeable baker whatsoever. Sure. And so that was one that I just, yeah, I think I tested it two or even three times. You did. I remember you saying you did a couple times. Yeah. And I had, well, cause like, you had done like a, loaf. Do, like a pound cake. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, kind of went through a couple different iterations of it. And I mean, again, it's good for me to have a deadline because I will continue to pick at something. Like I mean, mm-hmm. also made the nuts multiple, you know, there's a couple recipes that I had to, that didn't come out exactly how I wanted the first time that I'd had to make again, which is totally fine. That's what recipe testing is. But that was one that I probably would have kept testing if I didn't Mm. have like a deadline. (laughs) You know what I mean? But since I did, I was like, this version's fine. And again, they're good. I don't think that they're bad. I'm not like ashamed of them. I'm not saying like, don't try them to anyone. Um, But I think that one, when I kind of look back over the list, that's one that I'm like, "Mm, I'm less excited about that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. I think if we think of the 24 recipes that you wrote right well 23 is, but yes okay 23 recipes that you wrote <laughs> plus one that someone else wrote right right for this season yeah one that's a lot of recipes so it's pat a lot on your back. quite a few yeah no I'm very proud and just like friends there are some Not great and memorable episodes and there are some 
that are notably not great. And then <laughs> yeah. there are all the ones in the middle, right? Exactly. Exactly. So for me, the the grandmother's 3D muffins kind of sit in the middle. I ate yeah. them all. They were fine. Right. They didn't um they didn't wow you. They didn't yeah, I mean, you. They were just I worked there. in cafes for 10 years, so I've eaten a lot of brand muffins. And while <laughs> totally. I'm sure none of them are very good for me, and I'm sure this that yours wasn't very good for me either. Like, right. It's basically cake or whatever. Sure. Like, it wasn't as good as other brand muffins I've had, you know. Totally. It was, they were fine, and I ate them all, for yeah. sure. I didn't let any of them go to waste. Right. But. But yeah, it it didn't it didn't shine. I think for me, the two that stand out as like my least favorite were. Mm-hmm. Can you guess? I mean, I know one is the veggie pizza salad. <laughs> I know you were not a fan of that one. <laughs> yes, which is totally was, fine. Was yeah. not a fan of that one. Which is uh, funny because I really love the vinaigrette in that one. And I know it's, and we've talked about this and it's, you know, you have a hard time with tomatoes. So that's yeah. already like a barrier there. But anyways, no, I totally get it. Totally. What's the um, other one? Is it the steak sliders? No, it's the chicken, the whole chicken. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and now that you say that, of course it is. Makes yeah, sense. That completely makes sense. And I will say it was definitely a milestone for me personally as as a cooker i was had a little fear around a whole chicken yeah totally i'm really so proud of you that I you made that feel really proud Seriously. of myself yeah. for making a whole chicken i then learned a lot about what type of chicken i enjoy totally and it is not a whole one <laughs> yep and that's great i love chicken breast Good and for you yeah don't like skin and that's not what you want when you eat a whole chicken. <laughs> Do you think you would try that marinade on some chicken breasts or did it not really Possibly. Speak to you? Well, the problem was, as I don't feel like I really got to taste it. Right. Because I don't like the skin. The skin right? Yeah. So I, and you don't have to, I was just curious. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll get like a four pack of chicken Yeah, and I'll make two two boobies with the apricot <laughs> chicken and two with the, like your sort of chimchurri yeah. sauce for the steak salad. And I'll let you know. Yeah. Keep me in the loop. You don't have to do that. You can just go with the marinade. The, <laughs> good, the one we know is good. <laughs> the, I mean, so, good but... the, well, and that's what I will say is with, with the apricot chicken, you know, our friend that was over, he ate it and he loved it. Right. Totally. So it's not bad. It just isn't right. what I enjoy. Well, and it's been really, you know, I've really appreciated our conversations this season because obviously people are different. We have different tastes. And I think as a recipe developer, I'm extremely guilty of only making food that I like. You sure. know what I mean? Which is well, fine. Of course. But... Why, why would you be like, I hate this food. Let me test Let me... it three to four it's times. Like, you'll notice there's not a lot of like pork tenderloins or whatever right. on my blog. I don't really like pork. So I don't yeah. really cook with it. You know what I mean? And, and like, oh, I don't really like Actually, I hate beets. So there's not a lot of like roasted beets involved in the mix or whatever. <laughs> um, I know, but, but yeah, so it, but it is an interesting perspective of like, I mean, and honestly, it is a nudge for me to move away from just only cooking my favorite foods. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't sure. mean I'm going to start making like beet glazed pork all the time or <laughs> whatever, but I can like deviate somewhat. I mean, I definitely have noticed in my recipe development, just in general, in the whole life of my blog, 
there's, you know, probably multiple uses of things like chickpeas and, sweet, mm-hmm. you know, just like the things that I do kind of return to like cauliflower and sweet potatoes, chickpeas, those probably appear in multiple recipes, you know, things like that, um, which is totally fine. It's my blog. I can do whatever I want. No one pays me to do it. You know what I mean? But right. um, it is interesting to think about and just a good encouragement. I mean, even just a good encouragement for me to think about like maybe creating some recipes that are more geared towards like chicken breasts. I have no problem with those it's just not my go-to thing you know what I mean so like again there's a lot of food there's my favorite foods there's the foods I hate and then there's (laughs) quite a few foods in between sure I could really experiment with a lot more than I normally do you know what I mean so that's kind of an interesting thing to think about too yeah and I mean you don't have to like there is nothing wrong with you cooking and developing foods that only you like especially if it's taking you three to seven times working on one particular recipe. Like, why would you cook something? Why would you make a beet crusted pork loin if (laughs) you're like, I hate everything about this? Totally. And, and I also hear what you're saying. It's like a good excuse to, to stretch yourself, you know, to take a look at what you're to, you know, take a look at like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to develop this recipe. These are my ideas. Right. Okay. Is, is it pushing me beyond what I already know, what can I do that goes a little bit beyond my comfort zone? How can I push myself more, et cetera? And I think that's any artist's challenge. Right. And it's also that piece of like, what do people want to be eating? You know, Mm. and I think, obviously I think a lot of people do share my tastes enough that they enjoy my recipes or whatever, but it's also that thing of like, and I think when you are an artist of any kind that wants to then, you know, monetize your art form sure. or do it for a living or something or whatever. It's like, you do kind of also have to take into consideration, like what does your audience want and what is needed? So it's like, maybe, you know, it would be a good idea to have, you know, more. And I do take that into consideration somewhat. Like I know I like things to be pretty simple. So I like, I love to write like a one pot recipe or whatever, yeah. things like that. Um, but just to kind of think about like, well, what are people looking for? Like, oh, they're looking for a new way to use up their chicken breasts that they buy every week, or they're mm-hmm. looking for a new way to, you know, whatever the case may be, a new breakfast idea, the mm-hmm. things that people are kind of searching for and looking for. And obviously that's a huge generalization, but just thinking about that element of like what's the intersection between what I enjoy cooking and what my flavors are and what my comfort zone is and also what other people are also looking for in a recipe you know what I mean I mean that's like the frustrating thing about art in general right is like so much of it is this is important to me and this is something I want to express and something I want to do and whatever and for it to be successful, I need other people to be interested in it. Exactly. So there's like a transformation that has to happen to yeah. make it appealing for the, the general public. And I think, I think that's a very, it's a very interesting mindset. Totally. Yeah. That, that any artist of, of any art form Absolutely. has yeah. to consider when they're working on whatever they're working on. And it's like, there are are times when you can just do your art just for you Mm, and that's fine. And then there's times where you're like, okay, well, if I need, if I want to continue down the path I'm going, I have to, uh, (laughs) I have to sort of like reduce some of me and put out something that is appealing to everyone. Right. And really 
really great artists don't sacrifice themselves at all and just put their art out there and and not I mean I'm gonna take that back really brave artists because there are great artists on on all on all of course yeah but really brave artists put themselves out there in a way right that just is is the truest form it's kind of sticking it to the man and sticking it to the corporations and whatever and find success in that and there are people who are like look I'm an Instagram personality and I need to get paid. So I'm going to do a stupid Instagram ad for this product because they're paying me to do it. You know, exactly. There's there's someone I follow on Instagram that I I just love and um, they're, they're queer. And so this pride, they're getting a lot of corporations and corporate sponsors. And they like at the beginning of pride, they basically were like, Hey, friends and listeners and fans. I need um, to make money. <laughs> I am, I'm, I don't feel bad about this. Like I need Good. to make money yeah. and this is what I'm going to do. So if you see a lot of ads that I'm doing, engage with them, love them. Don't be mad at me. Yeah. I love I'm just, that. You know, and I was like, yes, get it. You know, like you are, you have a check mark next to your name on Instagram. That's great. Yeah. Get whatever corporation's going to give you money you know what I mean well and that's the thing is like there is a uh, there is a balance there right and it's like you mm-hmm. can't kind of just only create things that you think will sell with no right. like authenticity of what you actually want to create you know what I mean so there is kind of like a point in fact there is I think it was in this book I recently read the war of art which is a mm. fucking fantastic book which I highly recommend anyone read honestly creative or not but especially creative people but they're basically saying that people that all they do is create what they think will sell. That's a hack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like, obviously artists still need to get paid. And so it's this balance. It's a balance yeah. piece. Right. And I think you, there's definitely a way to do it with, um, with still being authentic to who you are and what you want to convey. And I think that's what that person's doing. They're like, well, I'm still conveying this in my own way and I need to get paid <laughs> and yeah. they should get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, that's great. Um, so yeah, that is an interesting like intersection, but I think it is one that's really important and people that are, and I would argue that the people that put their art out that make zero sacrifice to sort of what the world wants to see and Mm -hmm. only truly stick to their own vision. I think the people that do that, the artists that do that, that are successful, that are, that do end up becoming very successful. I also think that they're very lucky and they probably hit on something that was like a time and a place that happened to also Right. you know what I mean like I don't know that's my personal like perspective on no that. I get there's it. nothing wrong with only and like there's also nothing wrong with only doing your art for yourself you know yeah. what I mean like that's great too you don't always have to monetize everything that you want to do and a lot of people don't want to monetize their creativity mm-hmm. and I fully respect that too you know yeah how it like, goes I can't remember exactly what my cousin says about it but it's like some comp like to basically be successful in the arts it's this combination of I'm gonna butcher it so apologize. sorry Armin but um it's basically like yes you have to be talented of course and also lucky mm-hmm. and also sort of I don't want to use the word like opportunistic but like you also have to like sort of be in a place where you're like willing and ready to like make a, a jump when yeah. the lucky thing happens that you can use your talent for you know what well, I mean think about, so it's like yeah kind of think about like pieces Howard was talking about how 
he was fans of the Mighty Python guys. Yeah. And then they were like, hey, if you're ever in England, haha, look us up. And he was like, I will book like, a flight to England right, right now. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was just like, totally, exactly. And you have I to can... be in a certain place in life to be able to do that. Exactly. And he was in a place in life where he was and able like to have, like, and like how, and that has to be your priority. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And so. he was able to make that connection and make those relationships, you know, totally. and so much of that has influenced so much of his life and his totally trajectory, you know, hundred percent. So that's why I like to keep it Phoebe style, just keep things loose and just be ready that's to right. do what the universe says. That's right. I say, having lived in the same state for the past 18 years, <laughs> <laughs> but you're ready but I'm super ready. You can pack up that, that apartment quick, right? That. Oh yeah, for sure. LOL. JK. Still Um, unpacked from the last time you moved. Oh yeah. Boxes are still packed, baby. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Only lived here four years. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, we don't need to get into all that, but, um, for some reason, I just keep wanting to bring it back to the Rachel style manifesting. That idea just really tickles me, Rachel's ability to manifest. I love that because I feel like she's, Rachel as a character is like way against manifesting. I right. Feel like, like that's not, that's more of that's a like not, Yeah, that's like not who she would be at all. But I love the idea that she's unintentionally manifested this situation. She's like accidentally manifested exactly what she wanted, which she no longer wants. Mm-hmm. And now she's pissed that she got it. Yep. <laughs> cool well yeah yeah man I mean I could talk about all that creativity stuff for like Mm -hmm. another hour probably perhaps that's another podcast entirely (laughs) who knows but yeah I mean should we at all discuss our our loose plans or lack of plans for the future with uh, our listeners or just mention some ideas well I think you know we have really great listeners who we love. Love our listeners very much. And I'd love to hear from y'all what what yeah. what you want, you know? So definitely, you know, email us, tweet at us, Instagram, text us, whatever. But like, what are you looking for? Exactly. What I can say is what I don't think we're looking for is to do <laughs> another full season. Um, I definitely don't see a full season in my immediate future. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were to be a full season in my future, I don't know that it would be a season of friends. Yeah. We have talked about the idea of putting out some special episodes that mm-hmm. might have guests, which might be in a pretty similar format to what you've heard here, although they might, um, just be you know maybe we take the guest's favorite tv show and find Mm -hmm. an episode of that to do kind of one-offs um so that's an idea that you may see moving forward um but we are also open you know we have these really beautiful um microphones sitting in front of us and we can't can't leave those lonely for too long so you know we'll be back at it bringing something to your ear holes yeah (laughs) at some time in the future I guess my question to you dear listener is what's your favorite comedy Mm. what's a show that you love that you I guess I mean when I say what's your favorite comedy what's the first thing that comes to mind 
or what's something that you watch again or that you remember laughing a lot at or that you're like, I remember that being a good show, but I haven't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us know because that's that's where we want to go. Yeah, I love the idea of like, what's your favorite rewatch? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you go back to watch again and again? I mean, some of my favorite ones, of course, when you say, um, what's your favorite TV show? To me, it's Arrested Development comes mm-hmm. to mind. Um, but also like Parks and Rec is yeah. one of my favorite ones to rewatch. Um, and I would love to, I mean, I immediately know what episode I would want to talk mm-hmm. about of Parks and Rec. Yeah. My favorite episode of Parks and Rec is flu season. Yeah. As I think, you know, Heather. So um, I don't know if we'd want, if I would want to do a food component <laughs> for a Yikes. flu show, but obviously there's other great episodes of that yeah. um, show too. But um, no, I, I mean, I think when I, when I think of shows that I've at least watched in the last couple of years, I mean, of course, Arrested Development, I feel like I grew up on that show. Mm-hmm. Even though it's only a couple of seasons. Um, and Parks and Rec, obviously. Totally. Modern Family is another show that I've been watching like, that lately. It's yeah, very good. It's, it's very funny. It's, it's something very well written that I really hardcore binged at the beginning of the pandemic. And totally. it, it's like very comforting for me. Yeah. So it feels like enough time has passed. I could watch, I could watch the whole season all over again. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, uh, but also that's like our demographic, you know, right. I know we've had listeners who have mentioned like Seinfeld and Seinfeld such a right. classic, great TV show. You know, we've got Seinfeld obviously a silence. That idea was thrown out on a different podcast, but anyways. Uh, Or Seinfeld and Soup, I think, was another one. No Seinfeld for you. (laughs) I don't know. And and I mean, I I feel like after spending all this time talking about Frasier, I feel like we need to hit on Frasier, probably Cheers, maybe do a really weird, sad episode of ER. I don't know. Yeah, Um, maybe. Let's get weird. (laughs) Let's make some organ meat. I don't know. Oh god. Get Layla back and oh talk my about god. some organs. Some raw organs. No, thank you. Yeah. But but I mean, I, I think what this has served has been very positive for us. This yeah. You know, Zoe came to me and was like, I want to do a podcast. And I was like, but do you? I think your exact question was why. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think mostly because you were doing like six other things at the time. And I was yeah. like, is that something you really want to add to your plate right now? And it's obviously turned into something really beautiful and wonderful. And I'm so glad totally. that I agreed to it. Me too. Um, oh my God. I'm so glad you agreed to it <laughs> <laughs> for so many reasons. But I also feel like, you know, so much of this, it's been about you and I and yeah. And your recipes and us enjoying comedy and reflecting on what we love and also our guests and, and connecting with different people from different places, but also our listeners and how much we've enjoyed getting feedback from our different listeners and what they've enjoyed. So, you know, tell us what you want to hear. Yeah. Give us some of that, you know, what we were just talking about. We need to intersect what we like to do with what you guys actually want. Right. (laughs) Because if we do another season of something and you're like, oh no, then that's not, that's that's not not good good. for anyone. (laughs) That's right. 
I do want to also we've we've mentioned them of course here and there. I do want to give a shout out to all of our guests this season. We've had a mm-hmm. really great opportunity to chat with a bunch of different amazing folks from all kind of different walks of life, different interest groups, yeah. um, and which is really what we set out to do. We wanted to talk to comedy people. We wanted to talk to food people. We've had some great um, friendships form with fellow podcasters, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that was something that I really necessarily thought about that much before sure. going into it, um, but that's been really cool too. And we've you know, gotten to even guest on a couple other podcasts during this time, which has been super fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, all our guests have been so amazing and so generous, so generous with their time. This is an extremely homework heavy podcast to be a guest on. (laughs) So gigantic. Thank you to every single one of our guests. They were all so amazing. And it really did bring a community element to this podcast that I think I wasn't fully appreciating going into it, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just as I was saying, one of the reasons I like to write recipes is to feel that sense of community. That's been a really fun element of this as well is to not just, you know, talk about comedy and food. Yes. That's all I want to do. Those are my two favorite things, but to then also create really meaningful community relationships and community conversations around those two things has been just really fucking cool. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Big shout out to all of our guests. Seriously, every single one of our guests have been been so amazing. So awesome. And I think there's definitely been really special moments from every episode. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that uh, we're going to hit the old dusty trail. (laughs) Mosey on out of this podcast. Yeah. Um, Heather. Thank you so much for everything, for being my podcasting co-host and my partner in crime, my partner in comedy and, and basically everything I do. You're the best and I love you. Zoe, thank you for being such a big part of my life and for letting me be a part of your recipe writing journey and also just everything that you do and bounce off me. I love being, I love being part of your life. So thank you. Aw, shucks. Aw. Well, all right, listeners, that's it. I think you know where to find us on the internet by now. It's uh, Friends W Food Pot. No, that's not it. It's Friends. We're in all the places. You know where we are by now. If at this Um, point you don't know where to find us, then then... just, I don't know why you're listening to this episode, at least. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Figure it out. Just look up Food with Friends. If you're new, thank you. Shit for getting you this far oh my god if you're new and just listen to this episode um no, bless that, you that was a, that was a choice <laughs> that's like a time machine thing and then you go back and listen that'd be interesting that Sounds would like be fun would probably do. yeah hopefully because you listen to this and then you're like "Ooh, i want to hear about hear about all the hand transplants yes <laughs> tell me about heather's weird confusion around meat and chicken yes <laughs> wait till you get to the part where she lies on the floor to broil That's great. <laughs> multiple times so many surprises in store for you dear listener all right i think we're going to um take it on out of here what do we usually say at the end again something about you usually say your name and then i usually say mine oh that's it i didn't write that in our notes i'm zoe and i'm heather now go find some friends and make them some food looking for something sorry i was i'm getting distracted did you, I apologize. Did you find it <laughs> no i don't Great. Wait, sorry
Uh, it's not a big deal. It's fine. <laughs> Do you need to find it? Um, let me just take one second. Sorry. Yeah, fine. So Heather, thank you for um, potting, podcasting with me today. Potting? <laughs> Pottering? Time. <laughs> Thanks for making this uh, pottery class with me. Hardcover cook, like cookbook bundle, basically. Anyways. Let's say it with... Like a hardcover cookbook bundle. Say it one anyway. more time. A hardcover, hardcover cook bundle. Yeah, a hardcover cook cookbook bundle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I have emotions, but you can't tell. You can't tell because I have like Botox on half <laughs> my face. Basically, I'm like, eh. do you really get Botox, or is it just? No, it's just the gum thing. Oh, I was like, that'd be a great bonus. <laughs> Thank you. We did it. We did it.